0: Traveling
1: the Vortex. The 21st century is when everything changes, and traveling in the Vortex is ready with episode 420. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Pretty good. I feel like I need the Torchwood music in my... Yeah, playing in the background did you guys have a good week?
0: Not bad. Do anything fun? Um, we watched Bohemian Rhapsody. What did you think? I liked it. It was good. It wasn't... I think, I, I think it was a bit set up. My expectations were set a little higher than mm. they should have been. So I didn't think it was the greatest film. It certainly was not Best Picture of the Year. Um, but the music's great. And well, what's yeah. his name? Uh, the actor, Yeah. He did a great job. Um, but overall it's, and, and Sean said this the other day, well, it's a biopic. Well, yeah, but a lot of times when you watch biopics, like one of the ones I go to is walk the line. I think that's such a great film and it, you get, <laughs> <laughs> you get a really compassionate, emotional story. And I think there was one here. It just didn't tug as much as some of the past biopics that mm. I've watched. So, Uh, That was pretty much it. I moved to Dayside this week, so I've been on the day schedule.
1: Enjoying your evenings with your family? I
0: am. Of course, now I'm over here with you guys.
1: (laughs) Well, except for this evening. That's true. We got a couple movies in. We watched A Star is Born. What did you think? I thought it was okay. It It was a biopic. (laughs) A fictional biopic. Uh, It's a tale of success and stardom through a lens of depression. It was... (laughs) Very much a downer. I mean... For the third time. Fourth. Is this the fourth remake? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we watched Molly's Game.
2: I like that. One. Which was pretty good.
1: It, it had the... F- I couldn't quite put my finger on what it felt like. There, But there was a certain film style or film that it felt like that I couldn't quite figure out what it was. It, mainly due to the heavy, heavy narration throughout the entire film. But it's got some great Sorkin uh, exchanges in it, and I think he did a good job in his first directing. How about you, Sean? We didn't really do much.
2: We we, we did manage to sneak out and catch the last two um, of the Best Picture nominees before the Oscar broadcast. Uh, We got out and did a double feature and saw Green Book and Vice, uh, and and Green Book was phenomenal. It it totally deserved the, the win best film of the year it was funny and touching and um, it was just a well-made movie it was really good and I highly recommend that one and then uh, Vice was just kind of there it's not nearly as much fun as the trailers make it out Mm -hmm. to be and um, they had they had a good story I mean I I believe that yes this is probably exactly the way this went down (laughs) (laughs) but they were they kind of pulled one of us. They were almost too clever with how they were telling the story. Mm. And it just got convoluted. The editing and everything, they were they were being so snarky with how it was put together. It was like, you you, you don't have to sell me on this, guys. You're, you're already there. You're just you're overproducing this. <laughs> um, and um, it just it kind of lost focus after a bit. It was like, man, eh, all right.
1: I enjoyed the Oscar ceremony.
2: I did, too. I thought they, they, for all of the ups and downs and will they, won't they, and... I thought they pulled it off. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, well, nice. should we move on to news? Yes, uh, we have some sad news. Writer Graham Curry has passed away at the age of 54. Uh, Graham wrote the 1988 story, The Epic That Is Happiness Patrol. Andrew Cartmell hopped on Twitter to pay tribute to him with a nice little quote saying, My dear friend, the wonderful writer Graham Curry died yesterday after a serious illness, he has left a huge hole in the world, I miss him already. So that's, that's unfortunate, we're uh, sending thoughts to his family. In some not so sad news, there's a new filming of Mission to the Unknown that's being mounted by students at UCLAN. So, Peter Purvis tweeted the other day, Mission to the Unknown, a complete remake by UCLAN students. The sets are built, the costumes made, the three-day multi-camera shoot began this morning, which was on February 20th. It's hoped the BBC will release it on DVD. This is serious, painstaking work. And from the reports on social media, Nick Briggs was involved in this also. Oh, wow. I believe he was the voice of the Daleks. Yes. So...
0: Hopefully we can see... Was that a stab in the dark? I, I have no... <laughs> just a guess. I, just I, a random... I just, I a complete just,
2: random guess. I have no confirmation on that. But. <laughs> so hopefully and, we'll get and, to and see... And nothing uh, to back it up for, w- for it up. why
0: you would think he would be the voice of the dog. No,
2: it's just a guess.
0: I'm excited to see it. I, yeah. hope, I hope it gets released in some form so we can. At the very least uh, online. UCLA Inn, yes. what campus is that?
1: I do not know. Nope. Let me look it up.
0: I went down that rabbit hole.
1: (laughs) Anything else in the news? University of Central Lancashire.
0: Oh, okay. Lancashire. So that's not like UCLA Nevada branch or something. (laughs) Nevada Nevada campus.
1: UCLA North. North. You know, you got to do the, they would be University, or UCLA, but, you know.
0: Well, they have a UCLA SC in Southern California.
1: So oh, yeah. That is part of Actually, UCLA. it should be UCL. It's UCL lowercase a-n. Oh. That's what it should Lan. be. Yeah. UCLAN. UCLAN. The article I was reading had it in all caps. Ah. Okay. It makes much more sense <laughs> Yeah. Now. Okay. So, they...
2: Now, just, you know, they, they're just going and filming this and then hoping that the BBC will release it on DVD. So we can just go and pick a, uh, a, a Doctor Who story at random that uh, doesn't really feature the Doctor and film it <laughs> ourselves and then hope that the BBC will turn around and release it on DVD later, right? Well, let's
0: go find an episode that doesn't feature the Doctor and shoot it. Um, um, I think it's been done. <laughs> surely there's more than one <laughs> no there's not
2: <laughs> which one was he on holiday
0: <laughs> well you mean the doctor or any of the cast of the main cast mm-hmm. Oh, that's the point is you you of all of Peter, the Peter
1: Purvis is in this uh, apparently of all the stories you could do. oh no all. Peter Purvis just went on set yeah, yeah he, just he was just there,
0: there. um of all the stories you do, Mission of the is the one you can do because, number one, it doesn't exist anymore. And number two, it doesn't have any of the main
1: characters. So you can recast the people that
0: we aren't familiar with anyway. So. Uh,
1: one of the other original actors was there on set, Edward D'Souza, who uh, played Mark Corey. Ooh, neat. Yeah. And so there's a nice picture of original Mark Corey and, and the new Mark, new, Corey. new Mark Corey together.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So here's the thing about that. I'm ecstatic that it's a university that's doing it because even if this doesn't see... It's a great thing for Doctor Who. It's a great thing for fans. It's a great thing uh, that they're doing this uh, to maybe give people a a chance to see this story. The neat thing about this, though, is even if it doesn't see the light of day and no one ever sees it, it, at least it's something that these kids have done themselves and b it goes towards their learning of, of being filmmakers and so i think that that's the the thing that i get tickled the most out of it is that it's it's filmmakers doing something that they love and something that i love
1: so. right hopefully it's some for some big final grade or something yeah big final project cool well should we move on to feedback let's move on to feedback okay Our feedback get the order right so far you keep yeah. <laughs> good job <laughs>
2: Our feedback comes from Jamie. Jamie writes, How you Vortexers? Hope you survived or are surviving the polar vortex that's hitting most of the United States. Puts a whole new meaning to the name Traveling the Vortex, doesn't it? (laughs) I'm slowly catching up to the present. Uh, Good stories for Dalek Cyberman. Uh, The Honest trailers are spoilery. Big ones I was curious you'd seen were the Classic and New Who trailers and for Sean, the Star Trek Next Gen trailer. Uh, His uh, favorite Dalek stories without spoilers were Patient Zero and Lucy Miller to the Death. Yes, I do plan on having more Big Finish reviews. It'll just take a while. Uh, Not much to talk about with Episode 65. Your con experiences make for an enjoyable listen. As to the question of which incarnation of the Doctor would I most like to travel with, I'd have to say eight. Apart from the fact that he's one of my favorite Doctors, his incarnation just seems to have fun and enjoy exploring and adventuring around time and space. Did any of you watch WKRP? Your rattling of papers when announcing that Doctor Who is still not on reminds me a bit of Les Nessman. (laughs) That's probably where I got that bit. (laughs) Uh, Moving on to episode 66, Dr. Phil defends the Sixth Doctor here, and I find myself agreeing with him. The audio's definitely helped his character. It'll be interesting when I get to his era in my watch through. I'm glad that his Doctor got an official regeneration story through the Sixth Doctor the Last Adventure. Can't wait for you guys to review it. It definitely makes the regeneration scene in Time and the Ranny a little more bearable. The Face of Evil. I enjoyed this one. The Jelly Baby scenes are a delight. I want to say this is one of the first stories where we see repercussions of the Doctor's unseen adventures. Although it's probably only a matter of time before Big Finish gives us that adventure. <laughs> Once you've seen it, the tribe names are obvious, but on first viewing it seems rather clever. Enjoyed your discussion on the story. I want to say that Robots of Death was one of the first Tom Baker stories I watched. It's a good story that doesn't drag, and it's a nice mystery. I enjoyed the box-within-a-box explanation from the dimensional transcendentalism of the TARDIS. Kaldor and the Sandminer robots reappear in uh, the seventh Doctor story, Robophobia. Leela's growth is enjoyable, and by the time she leaves the invasion of time, she's much more than a simple savage. She's clever and intelligent. She grows even further in the Gallifrey audio stories. On to episode 67, featuring the Time Meddler and Sirens of Time. Time Meddler is just a great pseudo-historical. Stephen and Vicki shine. Even the Doctor does well. Personally, I like Vicky over Susan. Vicki had more personality than Susan and seemed to be used better. While Susan had great potential, it just wasn't utilized well. She was mostly there to get into trouble and scream. Vicky used her intelligence more and seemed to be part of the solution more than Susan. Stephen takes on the role that Ian had. I rather like Stephen; He was fun and had a personality that kept the Doctor accountable without clashing with him. The Monk is a great character. Fun without a sinisterness that one finds in the Master and the Ronnie. Peter Butterworth was great in the role, both in the Time Meddler and the Daleks Master Plan. Moving on to Sirens of Time. It's a decent story. The order of solo Doctor episodes works, and I agree that the order wouldn't really work in any other way. I think it was a bit too ambitious, but it works to get Classic Who fans into Big Finish, especially at the time of release as we now have plenty of good entry points. On to Episode 68 in your Evelyn Smythe Companion Archive. Let me start by saying that Evelyn is one of my favorite Big Finish created companions, alongside Aram, Charlie, and Hex, and my favorite Sixth Doctor companion. It is with Evelyn that the Sixth Doctor's revival and renaissance began and took form. The Marian Conspiracy. Recently re listen to this one. Introduces Evelyn and takes her and the Doctor back to the 16th century in the reign of Queen Mary I. A decent story that's just a pure historical and very self-contained. Introduces Evelyn to the audience, and you can't help but fall in love with the character. Very good, but even better ones to come. <laughs> the Specter of Lanyon Moor. This can be summed up in three words. Six meets Brig. <laughs> it's just a fun story. Mysterious going on at an archaeological dig in Cornwall. Seems like the Doctor Who draws itself to stories like this. The Inside Story, which covers the first 50 Big Finish releases, says that this story, along with Stones of Venice and the Holy Terror, were originally intended for Tom Baker. Hmm. It makes sense. It has a very early Tom Baker feel to it. However, having the Sixth Doctor works just as well, and allows the only classic incarnation not to have Met the Brig on TV, 8 being a special case, to have scenes with him. And finally for this episode, Tide. Have you finished it yet, Sean? Yes, I have It was a good story As a creationist, there were bits that rankled me a bit But not too bad It's been a while since I've listened to it, so I can't say much more I don't remember the accents bothering me that much Not like Minuet in Hell Mm -hmm. On to 69 in your coverage of the War Games In the news, you talked about the creation of a real-life sonic screwdriver I think it was Sean who mentioned that when he was growing up We were promised that we'd have flying cars and jetpacks and stuff he also mentioned hoverboards. Well, we have those now, sort of. But they're closer to skateboards and they're a fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> On to William's email, which, which story exemplifies which each Doctor? Oh man, this was hard. I'd say either the Time Medal or the War Machines for Hartnell. Time Medal exemplifies the first Doctor's sense of fun, while the War Machine showcases his sense of justice. For the second Doctor, I'd say Tomb of the Cybermen for his cleverness, or Underwater Menace for his playfulness. For the 3rd Doctor, I'd have to pick Terror of the Autons, maybe. The 4th Doctor would be City of Death, for a good mix of his silly and serious sides. I can't really say on 5 and 6, it's been so long since I've seen any of their stories. Most of what I'm familiar with is Big Finish. For 7, I'd say maybe Silver Nemesis or Battlefield, again, more familiar with Big Finish. Of his TV appearances, I'd have to say Night of the Doctor is the story that better exemplifies the Eighth Doctor. It's just more in line with his audio appearances, and it canonizes at least the big Finnish Eighth Doctor audio. For the War Doctor, all we really have is Day of the Doctor. And it's been a bit since I've listened to all his audios. For Nine, I'd say Empty Child Doctor Dances. Ten would have to be Waters of Mars, or maybe Runaway Bride, as you guys were talking about. For Eleven, maybe Time of the Doctor, or the Series 5 Angel two-parter. For Twelve, I'd say the Zygon two-parter, where we get the amazing anti-war speech. And finally, Resolution for Thirteen. War Games. A good story, long, but good. It could have been condensed, maybe cut about half of the capture and release. Yes, the first couple episodes and the last are the best. It drags a little, but it's not terrible. The reason for the length is that two other stories fell through, including the one I think that was titled Lair of the McCrimmon. It was to feature Jamie's departure and the return of the Yetis in The Great Intelligence. The Warchief shows up again in one of the Time War novels from Virgin New Adventures. As to him being the Master, I don't think so. The Master was created fresh for Season 8. Plus he gets an origin of sorts in the missing adventure novel The Dark Path. Hmm. Is it possible through retcons? Maybe, but I don't think so. TARDIS WIKI has this as a myth in its War Games page. On a side note, the Doctor Who RPG suggested that the Monk and the Master <coughs> are the same, although that's very much been disproven. Season 6B. Originally, it was the TV comic stories that were published between Troughton's departure and Pertwee's arrival. It now also includes two novels, A Companion Chronicle and Several Sword Trips. Moving on to episode 70, in the What Did You Do This Week section, you talk about phase one of the MCU and how stoked you were for the Avengers. Briefly, what are your thoughts now after Infinity War leading up to Endgame? Well, we are pretty excited and you'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) On to the topics of this episode, Arc of Infinity and Omega. That worked out well, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time since I've listened to these. Of the Villains Trilogy, Omega, Davros, Master, and sort of counting Zagreus, Omega was my least favorite. I remember being confusing and slow. We'll see when I get back to it someday. Ark was okay. Tegan isn't my favorite of companions. I remember Max and Omega turning into green slime. That's about it. So at least shorter this week. Good breaking point with Episode 70. Keep up the great show, keep warm, and see you next time. Jamie.
0: Thank Thank you, you, Jamie. Jamie. All right, any other feedback? That's it. How can people uh, send their feedback if they want to?
1: They talk? can just go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab, or you can send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. Or if uh, you're just on social media and you want to shoot us an email, like if you're on Facebook and you go to our Facebook page, there's a Send Us uh, e- uh, Send Email link that you can choose or just you know direct message us on any of those uh, social media platforms. We are everywhere. Very good. Well, let's move on to our reviews. Shall we start with audio or comic? You pick. We'll start with comic.
0: That's how I read them,
1: or I did them. <laughs> I read the comic first <laughs> then listened to the audio. So. Although chronologically, audio happens first. Yeah, oh yeah. So we'll do audio. Okay, I changed my mind. Fall to Earth. The Sky Puncher is the first private space flight. But Ephraim Salt's visionary project has gone horribly wrong. The ship is falling out of the sky and there seems to be no way to stop it. Yanto Jones thought the flight would be sabotaged. The only problem is, he's on board. Bomb, bomb, bomb!
0: Really? It's, It's a terrific concept. It's very well executed for the first two thirds. It falls apart at the end the idea of him being on this plane that's crashing and he's injured and he's not entirely sure what's happened and he gets this call which to me was a little too coincidental although well, yeah it it fixes that later on but about the insurance which i thought was very cool in the way that he's you know he's trying to explain to her first of all he can't get a hold of jack i don't know where jack's at <laughs> and second of all he's trying to to convince her of what's going on and he ends up buying the insurance just to go through all whole process because he knows that the call would be recorded and uh, then going through uh, there were little things that I felt like were a bit of a stretch one of the things is the fact that well she's <laughs> she knows how to do certain things on this plane because she uses a flight simulator program <laughs> at home for fun uh-huh. eh, okay I'll buy it. I'll, I'll take that um, his little although it's very much in Torture Woods M.O. His little thing device that he sends to her computer that gives her super, <laughs> super Google, Google, I thought it was yeah. a bit. Eh. Um, but the whole idea of just having this conversation between two characters in an audio play, which you know they, we've done before, but in this format was really cool. Um, I think it starts to kind of go south when we start. Not even south. It's still. I, I didn't dislike this at all, but it just. I found myself having to stretch believability of here we're going to connect it now that this happened to be efron's building that that or not even just his building the call center that he owned and it it started going really weird and then i think the whole and maybe it has to do with the confusion of i'm not entirely sure why she became the target i understand why the building was a target
1: I think it was just because they needed something to home, hone in on. Yeah. And so that signal from the headset was just the, the the easiest way to hone in on something. Okay. So it wasn't her specifically, it could have been anyone. They just happened to be her that called him.
0: So it gets real compassionate and and deep and, and insightful and and then suddenly, you know, he oh, oh I found a, a parachute. Uh, i'm really sorry i'm I'm so sorry that you're going to be the one to die and i'm going to survive i had a real problem with that i thought you know what they, they should have written it bif- differently that yanto didn't have to be so selfish in that situation now yeah. on the flip side he does have to survive because now we have finally connected the conspiracy plot that's going on with the uh with the committee committee yeah which I, i'm glad that they finally got that in and peppered that but He's there to get that information and he's got to get off the plane because he has that information. And I was like, OK, I, I see why you're going there, why you're doing that. But, you know, this this woman has a family. And I keep expecting the other shoe to drop and her to be in on this or be mm-hmm. a part of this whole scheme, which I think I'd have been better with had they done that. But. It, it we go down that path and he's like okay ah uh, yeah he jumps out of the plane ah oh, I'm sorry and he's feeling really bad that she's gonna die and then hello I'll do it you there after all of that her, she being so angry with him by putting her in this situation. And then suddenly I got out of the building. Yay. And then wraps up. And I thought, uh, what? Come on. I, th- I did think that her getting too, out of the building and throwing her headset far enough away wrapped up with however a, she did that cute was... little bow. I thought that, so that, that was the worst part of it was the fact that they just quickly wrapped it up. But I, I, thought it had a lot of clever writing again, some stretchability with the plot, but, um, and I really liked, um, Oh, I never remember the actor's name. Plazianto. Um, Gareth, uh, David Lloyd, David Lloyd. I thought he did a really good job and it was kind of neat to hear Yanto again. You know, we, we, we haven't had him since, or I haven't had anything that I've, uh, listened to or seen since, uh, children of earth. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it was enjoyable to have him back. And I thought the gal that did, that, uh, was in it, did a similar, did Zainab. Yeah, did a great job. Um, but yeah, just, I uh, it starts out great and it just kind
1: of starts to slide down for me towards the end i really like the story mainly because uh it's so much fun listening to yanto and Zainab develop their friendship and the chemistry between the two of them is so electric and so much fun to listen to hearing them spar back and forth with each other and figuring out how what to do and how to get him out of the situation that we get to that, oh, wow, that was a really quick resolution. And I'm okay with it for the most part because, you know, I had so much fun listening to it all the way through it. I can just go, okay, well, they couldn't let this go on forever. They needed to wrap it up somehow.
2: That's kind of where I came down on it. Um, The absurdity of... Beat after beat after beat of everything that we go through. I mean, just first of all the fact that we're in you know poor Yanto. which if you remember Torchwood, Yanto was kind of the odd man out to begin with because he's not a spy. He's the butler. A, he's not a cop. He's not anybody that has any real experience doing any of this stuff. He is the butler. He's the the he's the office jockey. He makes coffee and tea, and yet here he is on. A spaceship <laughs> I prefer the term sky butler <laughs> <laughs> trying to you know do his bit to save the world and now it's crashing and the phone rings and he thinks he's saved and it's one of those robocalls. calls <laughs> and it just from, from from that moment it's just like oh this is gonna be fun they, they, they just you know okay from moment one they had me like okay this is kind of going to be not quite a farce, but it's going to be it's going to be up there with that.
0: Well, I don't think it was anywhere near a farce.
2: Yeah, I mean, just but, but if
1: you can accept the ludicrousy of that's the phone call he gets, then you can kind of and, just swallow whatever else and, happens. And, and in just the story. way
2: Yanto falls apart at that point when he starts yeah, laughing, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, the bad day has just gone
1: worse. Yeah. And I, um, I love also the fact that his motive, part of his motivation for going up to the Sky Puncher, and doing this is to kind of earn back the trust that he lost during Cyberwoman. woman yeah mm-hmm. and that, they make reference to that, that yeah. the fallout from that really wasn't explored in the series at all and i always thought it was great that they actually kind of explored that a little bit more yeah, yeah.
2: it was it was a nice touch to do that um and, and really the, as you pointed out the the fact that this is just two people talking yeah we've had that before but the way this one's constructed with the fact that they are only able to communicate over the, the, the headset and that it's a perilous situation for one of them. Um it's very diehard. It, it's it, it's it's John McClane in the building and, and Al Powell is his lifeline, you know, on the outside is kind of what I, I got out of that. It was a unique take on that to put that dynamic into play here, but yet still have all these comedic elements. And then, as the comedy kept coming back into it, the flight simulator and the you have to buy something, otherwise, they're going to disconnect the phone call automatically. Okay, yep, give me everything. Just, <laughs> hey, would you like me to use the same card and file? Yep, yep, sure would. Let's, you know, get me pet insurance for the pterodactyl. <laughs> <laughs> just I'm going to make you a very... Yeah, you're going to make bonus. Okay. So, you know, we're having fun with that. And then we get back into the heaviness of it. And then there's a zombie on the plane. Yeah. What? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean there's a zombie on... And it just... It went it took that left turn. It was like... There's this a zombie gas... And it just all of a sudden became this... Oh, where are you going now? And they didn't go there. They could have. Yeah. But
0: they didn't. And I appreciated that. I appreciated this. Them, uh, James Goss, who wrote this, uh, I appreciated him taking us in that left-turn direction. Okay, whoa, what's this? Why are these, are all these people zombies? Is it? And then the resolution of it, well, have you read the side effects of sleeping pills? <laughs> I thought, come on, you, again. Now I'm having to really go outside. Give me some babble. Give me some. <laughs> give me some fantastic story as to why he's re, he's reacting this way. Give me some alien virus. Give me some. Give me something that I can hang my hat on, not something as simple as well. It was a side effect of the sleeping pill that he or the sleep, sleeping drug that he that he got to inadvertently given to everybody. So. And, and
2: if it had been anybody else, I would agree with you. If it had been Gwen or Jack or or any anybody else, I'd have been like, "Yeah, I needed that." But the fact that it's Yanto and that he is the inexperienced one who's so out of his depth—well,
0: I'm I'm okay with that I, I'm, I'm element. Okay it's just it. the fact that just to blame the reaction on side effects of a sleeping pill—that was my problem. I, I I thought it was fine that Yanto was the one that inadvertently. Poisoned everybody or, or no, just drugged fact, everybody. Just,
2: just the fact that not only did he drug them, but that because he's so inexperienced, his next leap of logic would be, oh, God, zombies. Oh, sure, sure. You know, no, the, I, the, you know it's like, dude, there's a rational explanation. Again, I, for I, I
0: agree with that, but yeah. the, the way he was reacting was too far, not, not the was Zephrin, was reacting was was way beyond what a sleeping pill side effect would be that's my yeah, point yeah. i i have no problem that it was Ionto and that even eynto would misidentify what was going on it's the fact that you hear Zephyrin reacting to it and that's not the reaction you would expect from somebody that having an adverse yeah it's definitely to a played up
2: pill, so. and because she even responds to it on the phone what's going on yeah um so you know it's it's played up to that extent where it's like eh. But again, I'm with Keith. I was having such a fun ride (laughs) through the rest of it that I'm I'm willing to make allowances for the little hiccups. That like you know, it's it's one of those stories that yes, once you start to pull that thread, it's gonna fall apart. And I'm just not gonna pull the thread. I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and and not pull it because I just thought it was fun. I I, I had a lot of fun with this
0: one. I was okay with it. It wasn't it wasn't a waste of time. It was only an hour long, which I think was nicely encapsulated. Um, and I enjoyed most of the ride. It just it, it, there were there were a couple hiccups and bumps, and then, like I say, the Indian I thought just wrapped up way too quick. Um, she was, I mean, granted, she was ecstatic that she was going to live, but she gave Yonto way too much leeway by calling him and saying, "Hey, everything's okay." Through the headset, and the thing, you know, it just after the way he had to treat her because of circumstance. I mean, he he genuinely tried to convey to her that he was so sorry, and he did feel. And I, I believe that he felt bad for her, but she was so she was she angry. Wasn't
1: mad enough after she yeah, survived. Yeah, exactly. Then. It was
0: you know, it was almost like they were going to meet up for coffee later, and I, I was just like, no, "That's that, that doesn't." Well, work. that's just
2: he he was ready. He's like, "Well, do you want to you know meet up her and you know?" Then she hangs up on him. Yeah. But no, that's not. Not not happening.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of. Like I said, a lot of my enjoyment came from her, because she is such a was such a great character throughout the entire thing, from her skepticism to her fully believing and you know wanting well, to know her more humor about size stuff. Yeah, poking
0: fun with uh, at him about being James Bond.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Are you a
0: spy?
2: Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really a spy.
0: No. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, well, should we move
0: on to the comics?
1: Station Zero, Torchwood, Earth's last line of defense against the extraterrestrial extraterrestrial and temporal threats that it faces. Led by the immortal former time agent and all-around charmer Captain Jack Harkness, the alien navigators have begun their plan to harvest the Earth, aided by their duplicitous Lady Carina and the roguish Captain John Hart. It's up to Jack and his team to stop them. And the answers of how to do so may lie in Captain Jack's past as a time agent. Well, I'm
2: supposed to give a uh, thing. You're supposed to me. give a Because
1: uh, I'm likely
0: to give it the horn. I'm somewhere in the middle because... Well, I guess I'll go ahead and start. I, it wasn't as engaging as the first... Volume One that we read. I think it's written similarly. I think I, I, I like the clever device of the narrator having quippy conversations as 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 we go. Seriously, right. not, not declassified yet. Those little things that 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 uh, John and Lisa Barrowman had, you know, injected in the first book. I thought was really good. I think the problem that I had with this probably mostly, and it's it part is my fault, partly my fault, partly of the situational. We reviewed the first one. Well, you guys did, and I sent feedback in right. it, uh, almost a year ago. Yeah. So I hadn't read it for so long. So unfortunately, I just did not have the time to go back and refresh myself on the first me story. Either. So I was having to remember things as the story was playing out. And my memory would be fuzzy, and then I would something would would clue me into, oh, oh okay, I do remember this and where we're at here, like the gal that they had locked up. and I unfortunately i felt like this one just felt very disconjointed at the it very beginning really did and then seemed to speed itself to a a very fast resolution and they still left it open for you know torchwood volume three or if they're continuing the story on which but they, they almost are. They, they are aren't they, they are. are which but they they did cr- kind of try to wrap things up, but I just felt like it just, they, they shoved it into overdrive and just sped up and wrapped everything up too quickly at the end. So,
1: yeah, I would agree. I had a lot of issues getting started with the story. Uh, remembering where we left things off, caring at all about any of the characters, even the main ones that I like, um, aside from the flashback slash forward. Um, that part was probably the best part for me where it was a flashback to what Jack John and Jack's and, adventures yeah, together, yeah, and the vervoids and everything that they did with that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the hybrids, and that that was some cool stuff. Why couldn't they give us a whole story of that instead mm-hmm. of the Cliff Notes version? Right, right. Because I don't care about you know this alien threat that's happening to the Earth or the the big reveal of what you know the person they had locked away was actually you know a vervoid a hybrid that's advanced far enough. Uh, if it was someone I really cared about, maybe I would have cared about that plotline, but I really didn't. Well, I think that's what they did poorly: is they, in the first
0: uh, volume, they really explored the characters, and, and then half
1: of them weren't here.
0: Yeah, they gave us they gave us these great characters, and they set them up, and they made us really like them, and gave them all individual personalities, and it was this really kind of ensemble A team thing that was going on that was set up. And then you're right. When they come to this one, they wipe out half of the character. They don't wipe them out. They just There's move them aside. Gone. Yeah, they just move them aside. And understandably, so they're focusing now on Jack and John and and the the, the lady. I can't remember her name. Yeah. Um Karina. Karina uh, and, and Gwen. And so they they and then they had the one blonde girl that 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 was the captain or not captain, but the head of the yeah. mission. Anyway so they, they're kind of narrowing their scope on on where they're going with this but unfortunately you don't learn anything about anybody and so you don't yeah we never really get to learn much about the girl that they're they're holding because she's the half uh the hybrid and so it just yeah I was the same way i I didn't feel like you built up enough uh story for me to care about her um and and the situation that they, they that she's in and I kind of felt like, well, as much as I enjoyed the flashbacks, I felt like they almost watered the story down too much because you didn't have enough room for to fit the story of present day in by you know dropping these
1: two chunks of flashback story in there. Yeah, I, as much as I enjoyed the flashback, I felt had the same thought of well, the, I didn't enjoy the rest of it because they spent so much time on the flashback that there wasn't anything any room for anything else.
2: This is this is another one of those that really needed a whole other volume to tell the story properly or more than four issues or more than four issues. I mean, there, there could have been a whole, in my mind, there really could have been a whole nother volume. We could have done a whole nother set of this stuff to flesh out more of the future story or the, in the present yeah. that would have allowed you to focus a little bit more yeah, get a little the, more the flashback character flashback's really stuff. a
0: flash forward but. <laughs> right yeah <laughs> uh,
2: to you know deal with the characters on the ship to deal with the characters and you know build the mystery of who she is and why we should care about her uh, and, and kind of carry that through line a little bit more then start dolling out this flashback forward <laughs> and that, that mission and tie the two of them together and I, I don't mind the... the they, they, they've, become, they've got this fast-paced editing feel to them. Um, very much like you're watching a TV show. That it's a, a quick boom, 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 boom. Which is great, because it, it really keeps the action pace up. And sometimes it works. And sometimes it works. This one did not. This one mm-hmm. really was disjointed from the get-go. And not just disjointed, but... Chaotically, Chaotic, yeah. You know, yeah. To, to the point Great. where not only was it confusing to figure out which bit of action was happening in which time frame to which group of characters. It was happening so frequently that by the time we got to the end and the big, okay, here's our climax. This is what we're going to do. I'm not sure how it ended.
1: I really don't know that I know I how it, they fixed it. I don't think it fully did. I think they just made the reveal, and that was kind of it. Yeah, well, they they, because they had one team
2: going up into the thing, and they had Jack doing something over here, and we're going to stop the 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 the, whatever the whatever's causing all these volcanoes to go off. We're going to stop it. They
0: stopped the whatever the volcanoes volcanoes thing was going on, but I don't know how. Well, the weapon that they had, or whatever they 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 were using, that was causing the effects on the planet. uh, Jack did something. He touched it. Yeah. <laughs> was, and that was all the. And then they <laughs> cut away later to jack on the thing and everybody, you know, having beers and, and, and whatever beer. away yeah but Yeah, but you know, I, essentially. Just like, yeah, it and, was. And like, it even says what just
2: one happened? grumpy this and an escaped time agent later, and Jack's talking about we really could have used that TARDIS. And apparently yeah. Captain John got away, is what we're led to believe. Right. You don't but see any of that. We don't see any of it. Right. So it, it just. By the time we got to the climax, I was finding it hard to care. Yeah. It was like. I mean, yeah. It just, and it's frustrating because like you said, the first, and you know, it's my fault on scheduling because you're right. It was just, it was just too long ago that we did part one. Um, but part one started with such promise and we were so hyped about it. And then to get into part two and just go,
1: I don't know what's happening. I think I probably would have still felt the same way because of the editing of it. Yeah. The, the chaotic editing. And did you guys read the, uh, the forward also? I think uh, part of my disappointment with the story c- comes from this, because they talk about, you know, the story's conclusion will rock Torchwood's core. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a complicated spin on Jack and Gwen's relationship. I don't see how that woman has anything to do with their Jack, Jack and Gwen's relationship. Yeah. At all. I I would totally. And agree. then it talks about you know savor the humor and the rapport among the characters and finally discover the identity of the story's snarky narrator. I'm still not clear who that is. No, I don't know yeah, who the narrator was either. So they promise a whole bunch of stuff in the forward that they don't I didn't get any of it. <laughs> so that also put unless sour that's taste unless, in unless my that's body. in part
2: three, but that shouldn't be part of this. <laughs> it shouldn't be part of this. But that agree. in
1: part three's uh,
2: you know forward. Yeah, I felt the same thing because there's even a line in there when uh, I think Barman said something about because we've always felt Torchwood was a love story. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, And they kind of played it off like it was between Jack and Gwen, and I'm like, no, it isn't, but okay, I guess if you feel that way. And I didn't get any of that from this either. No. So I don't know.
1: Jack and Gwen barely interacted the, uh, the entire time. So mm-hmm. how the whole thing could put an interesting spin on their relationship, I have no idea.
0: Maybe it's an interesting spin on Jack and John's relationship. Maybe that's where they're going with it. That, Maybe that was there was
1: some was of, of that. that. Yeah. yeah, I'd give them that, but not enough to, no. to even satisfy no that. no more than what I previously knew that they worked together as a team, right. And were lovers, right? Uh, <laughs> that's what we had. Other and than no, you know, nothing surprising were, that we didn't already know. Other than right. they were in jail initially. I mean, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they didn't. They don't. They don't do well with authority. Oh wow! <laughs> Shock, what? the I gasp! God? I can't
0: believe that. That's, that's so surprising. I, I guess think. the one big real reveal was that the guy that uh, had sent them on the mission initially was part of the uh, uh, the whole the alien alien, and, alien thing. Yeah. yeah. Well it wasn't even the guy that sent them. It was the 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 guy that didn't like them. Right. <laughs> the the guy that was like the second guy. You know, the oh. guy the guys. Uh, minion, he ended up being in on it at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so taking so, vengeance. Oh, well, let uh, me get this
2: straight: the uh, the uh, Inspector Clouseau's boss <laughs> turned out to be the bad guy. <laughs> wow, yeah. didn't yeah. see that coming. Now, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it, 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 yeah.
0: Mm. which you know, it's 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 too bad putting these stories together for me. For some of it, it doesn't really get into torchwood that much it was as, as excited as i was following the first pairing that we did of torchwood and, and the comic this time it just i i, I just again I, status quo well now, yeah however. i i don't even and not to the fault of the audio because like i said there were a lot of good points in the audio but yeah it kind of slides back again so maybe we as much as it pains me, need to put some Torchwood on sooner <laughs> so that maybe I can get them back into that zone of, hey, maybe they're doing Torchwood right again. So,
2: I will endeavor to get Volume 3 on much quicker than, uh, <laughs> than it a year the, out. Is it out? Oh, yeah. Is it I, out?
1: I don't so. think it is out yet. Is it not? I thought it was. Let me check the release dates.
2: If nothing else, we could do two audio. Oh, yeah. It, it came out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is <laughs> definitely
1: some audio out, and... I, I guess my fun of fall to earth I don't know if any if I enjoy listening to any of the other ones as much that I've at least that I've listened to so far. I'm glad you guys
0: liked it a lot because I mean like I say it wasn't it wasn't bad I I had fun
1: listening to it
0: but there it still is not without its issues.
1: And I, I think my only complaint so far with the Torchwood audios and this is not just because we've only listened to two is I I get the idea that they're trying to unveil a mystery of the co- committee. I just don't have I've listened to a lot more Torchwood going forward and I still don't really have a good concept of what the committee is or what they are supposedly doing to the world. Well, it's so it's of- kind of I I'm I think I just need to get further until they reveal that but they're jumping around so much trying to dole out little bits of information that it's still not clear enough from, from where I from am. From what you're saying, it makes me fear for what they did with
0: X-Files, where they had the, what was it, the conglomerate or whatever, the the, the group of guys that were the, 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 the mysterious guys that they dragged out and they dragged out and they dragged out. And they, gave, they kind of piecemealed the information of what was coming, but it never was enough to really kind of keep you really understand the, 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 just keep them in the dark so that the the gravity of the situation is always there. And then when they kind of revealed the thing, they had, they had waited too long. So it kind of, once they did the grand reveal, it was like, eh, okay, you know, they, there's some bad guys. It's just, you know, and <laughs> yeah. so that's what I'm afraid they're going to do with Torchwood is they're going to have this um, committee be some, this, you know, nefarious thing and, and they're going to build it up and then it's going to kind of, deflate once they reveal what's going on from what
1: I've seen it just takes a really long time to get to that point like it takes to the Gods Among Us box sets that they finally did that were post Miracle Day is when they finally tie it all together so there's just a lot to get to
0: well, and, and of course, doing the what they're doing is they're seeding the fact that the committee's been there all along. Yeah, and so yeah. and so you're getting some great adventures, right? And they've got all these individual adventure stories that they're doing leading up to yeah. more of the companion to, or the group stuff. So right,
1: and I think even f- moving forward, there aren't as many committee connections as like these two have been. Like, they really establish it here and then they kind of let it fall a bit more to the background and then bring it back up and kind of, you know, take their time with it a little bit more. It was
2: very much an X-Files kind of kind of thing where we are going to get some Monster of the Week and then we'll go back into the Mythology arc. Yeah, yeah.
0: Cool, Sean. Well, what have we got coming up on the schedule?
2: Well, coming up on the schedule... I don't know what's coming up on the schedule. What do we have? Next week, we're (laughs) listening
0: to uh, uh, Big Finish 115? Yes. 45. Yes. For TTV (laughs) Uh, 421. Don't Uh, don't go down that one again. This story is actually called 45, and it uh, stars the Seventh Doctor, Ace, and Hex, or Features. I don't know if it stars, them. It features the Seventh Doctor, Ace, and Hex. And just to... I don't know if you're there yet. Um, be prepared for... Well, maybe I shouldn't tell him. Maybe we should let him find out on his own, too. It's an anthology piece. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> so your well, audio you're... CD is not screwed up when you get into the,
1: the first <laughs> anthology and go, what happened to the rest of the stuff?"
0: What happened to the rest of the stuff.
2: <laughs>
1: We're getting four stories in one.
2: Yes. Cool. Uh, the following week, uh, Doctor Who and the uh, Cricketmen by Douglas Adams and James Goss. And
0: I am thoroughly enjoying this book.
2: And then, uh, the following week, back to the Seventh Doctor and Ace and Hex with uh, Big Finish number 120, The Magic Mouse Trap. And then we're going to get a discussion topic in, one of the ones I've been looking forward to for a very long time. We're going to talk about the evolution of the console room.
1: Ooh. You've
2: hmm. changed the desktop. Yes. Desktop theme. That also happens to be uh, Planet Comic Con weekend. Um. Uh, that uh, I will be tied up with. So I'll give you some highlights of that uh, if there's any. <laughs> <laughs> if there are any highlights. I, I may just be locked in a basement for most of it. So I'm, I'm not sure what will happen. But.
0: Well, don't forget you can support this podcast by becoming a patron of the podcast. Just go to our website and click on that little button to become a patron and support us on Patreon. And uh, uh, every little bit helps uh, keep this podcast going. And thank you to those of you that already support us. Anything else we need to touch on this week before we close this show? All your base
2: are belong to us.
0: If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.